in the cabbage. Right, let's get it. Test, test, test. Yeah, we're live. Welcome to In the Cabbage. <laughs> this is crazy. This is pretty bananas right now <laughs> that we're actually doing this. I'm Tommy Sweat. Andrew Witt. Please subscribe. Please listen. Please download. Like. Just a reminder. Keep swinging. Welcome back to In the Cabbage. I'm your boy, Tommy Swain. On my right, or your left, Andrew Witt. What up, y'all? What is up, buddy? My dog is going to be in frame now because uh, my wife is not in town. It's okay. Nobody sees the video right now. That is true. <laughs> wife isn't in town it's, for five it's days. A one day, it's a one-day situation. It's, but a yeah, par- the, it's a party right here right now. It really is. It's a little bachelor pad right now. It's just me and the, me and the boy just hanging out. We miss, uh, obviously, we miss the wifey a lot and... You know, that's just, a that's a really tough turnaround. For yeah, Madison. for Madison was real. Tough. Oh, I'm sure tough turnaround for you to wake up that early. But golly, she's got to hop on a flight going over to Florida. Yeah, we flew in from. Uh, you know, this past weekend the boys were in Colorado with their wives, which you know, let's get into a little bit here. Um, so we went for Nick and Brittany's wedding, the Camardas. Now, yeah, yeah, um, to Vail, Colorado. Um, never been to Colorado, let alone Vail. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever I've been to Denver Airport. Denver Airport can possibly be one of the worst airports ever made. It's it's not even a question, really. It's an easy top five situation for me. Yeah, I can't I mean, think of anything worse, really, than a terrible, terrible airport, and that is right up there with them. LAX is up there. Yeah, I mean, LAX is not great, but it's not the worst, honestly. Have you Dude, ever, I just went there. Really? Pretty bad. The traffic to get in there is just outlandish. It's it's the traffic is ridiculous. Yeah, that's that immediately puts it up in a, one of a worse territory. But I'm talking about the, just the airport itself. Yeah, the airport itself isn't awful. It's the it's traffic. Not, yeah, it's not that it, bad. It's really bad. But it's just the Denver airport is just ridiculously hot. The layout makes no sense. It's huge. It's just so massive. Like. Yeah, all well, the conspiracies with it too make it a little weirder. It's a little funky, the whole situation. Right. But anyways, you know, the Colorado situation, I've never been to my knowledge and it is, it, it was really, really cool. It lived up to the hype, I think. Yeah, well, like originally we're on the fence, you know, quite a bit of cash to get out there, um, worth every penny. But at first, you know, we're, we're nervous, like, oh, we're going to Vail. Like, we don't really know, but everyone we told, like on your side of mine, we're like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna love it. It's, I hear it's amazing. Sure, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, there must be something to this. So the hype's building a bit, and uh, it definitely lived up to the hype for me personally. It was maybe in the top five, maybe top three vacations I ever took in my life. It's just straight up gorgeous out there. Yeah, um, we had a tough flight in like Thursday night. Um, we don't get to the Airbnb till like two thirty in the morning. It's like pitch black. We got stuck in a tunnel for like 10, 15 minutes, like yeah, for just going, wait, there. going there, waiting and waiting and waiting. Just ridiculous. And then like, you know, then you get the altitude change. But once you like step out of all of this, like traveling craziness, BS that's going uh-huh. on and you wake up and you like check, you know, take a peek outside and it's like 68 degrees, crispy air. And nothing but just green trees, flowers. Everything is so lush. Beautiful, cute little towns, cabins. It was it was really, really, truly remarkable. It's like a little slice of uh, Sweden. Yeah, I almost felt like uh, Sweden the, or like... The Swiss um, Alps. Yeah, Switzerland, I thought. Yeah, the yeah. Swiss Alps, dude. It, it was, was uh, pretty special up there. Uh, Airbnb. <laughs> this dog is going to give us issues, man. <laughs> Uh, he's like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys yeah. holding up to your mouths over there? Oh dude? no, he's going. He's pulling. He's pulling his tail now. <laughs> this dog's really trying to throw a wrench into things. Um, anyhow, back to Switzerland, <laughs> American <laughs> Switzerland. Airbnb was awesome too. Yeah, that's got to be one of the coolest Airbnbs. Very efficient with the space. Very technologically sound as well. Like it was just really, really nice. You know, all of the appliances. The beds were pretty comfortable. Cool layout. I thought the beds were great. I, yeah, the beds were fantastic. 
I'm not usually used to beds like, you know, Airbnbs normally have notoriously oh my God, awful the beds. worst. The worst. Awful bed. There's almost no chance you're getting a good bed yeah, in an at Airbnb. Least at least it's a body, you know what I mean? At least like a hotel, you might have a chance. Right. It could be a flop or it could be one of the comfiest beds you ever damn sleep in in your entire life. Yeah, hotel beds. <laughs> it's one or the other. Hotel beds are normally okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's For the why... most part. But you can get those hitters in there. But Airbnb... Straight dudders. Yeah, normally, normally <laughs> really bad. Um, but they, this was really well main, like well kept and well maintained. Like you said, um, we like we were staying on this like you know condo community almost, and they had a river going through like its backyard, a backyard creek in the backyard, yeah, a little creek in the backyard. <laughs> um, I mean, as soon as we got there, I think the vibes the next morning were so high in the oh group. My God, yeah. Just on cloud after nine. we had to, and you in the altitude, like the altitude alone. Out oh, there it's it's there. Takes you know. I always thought like, oh, you got you know, stay an extra night in Denver. People say before you go like up into the mountains um, to avoid altitude sickness. I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, I'm sure it's bad, but how bad can it really be? Sure. I mean, it kind of got me on the way up. It kind of rattled you a little bit, and I didn't realize it until I just thought maybe it was lack of sleep or like whatever was going on. We're flying. We're doing this and that. Maybe we only got like five hours of sleep the night before. Um, but I definitely did not feel myself entirely. No, you, you, it's like a lot. It's truly a lack of oxygen. Um, like you just don't so feel. It's a weird like loopiness that kind of just like <laughs> overwhelms you. It's kind of just playing a little jazz music in the background. It's nothing that's too crazy, but it's there and you kind of notice it. You don't feel a hundred. You feel 100, but you're, like, mentally just slow. You mm -hmm. kind of feel like you're walking around, like, you're doing whippets the whole time. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, oh, you're just God. constantly, like, feel like you're, like, you know. I catch myself, like, walking around the uh, condo, and sometimes, like, getting, like, shortness of breath. Like. It's cr it's kind of crazy. I didn't really think anything of it either because, you know, we're just like, oh, it's, you know, I've been up to the mountains before. It's no big deal. But it's 8,000 feet. You know, we're living over here at, like, 125 above sea level right it's a big big difference when you're especially when you're getting up that high but at the same time i don't know if it would have been better if we stayed a night in denver i almost just like rather us just go straight there because like how much time is only like eight hours of sleep and acclimating to this height because you're only at five thousand feet right let's just like get there wake up in the right place anyways really really gorgeous and i think the we were joking about this too because the altitude we're like walking around in the most gorgeous park of all time. And it, I don't know, it was totally breathtaking. Like the creeks and the, like the little lakes and like all the flowers and trees. And like, it was just yeah. Betty Ford's park. Gorgeous, dude. Gorgeous. Yeah, it was insane. like, um, it's like a, you walked into like a fairy garden almost. And I feel like the altitude was playing a little bit of like a, like a factor and like almost like this loopy fantasy land that we're just like walking around in. Oh, right. Yeah. It made it that <laughs> you much know? cooler because you're like, there's no way this is real. And you're like, is this real? Yeah, I feel like I'm walking around in a dream right now because I can't breathe. Yeah. Um, but the park was just, I mean, Madison was smitten with the park. Um, Even the trails like over there, walking through the towns, cool streets, cool roads. Clean. Really clean. Yeah, really right. clean because it just kind of gets rain and snow like kind of like all year, just naturally, you know, just cleans the whole place. And then there's a bunch of plants and, you know, trees and cool like street posts and really cool restaurants. And I mean, it really is just one of those like fully, um, I guess, eclectic places that just has everything you can possibly want. And it is so pleasing to the eye. Because it's so gorgeous, and the I mean the food out there, you get worried when a place that nice. You you get worried that maybe the food is not going to be great and, and expensive. I feel like everywhere we went, um, the food was like properly priced. Yeah, I would totally agree with I that. I mean, like everywhere we went, like if we paid for cheaper, it was cheaper. If we paid for nicer, it was nicer. Um, so that's like always great for me for like a town. It's like okay, we're like am I kind of like can't find where to eat. Because with like limited options in the mountain like that, it can be an issue. Which it, food for me is always a number one. Concern. <laughs> you know what? It's it's high on the totem pole. I think food is very much a part of an experience. You know, you go to a place and you want to experience some of the food. 
you know, what you're like, uh, I guess maybe the food is sometimes a reflection on the town at the same time as well. Maybe there's a little bit of history right. or story with restaurants. You know, I, it's very much part of the experience. And we're, we're both actually, you know, the four of us that were out there together, you know, we were all foodies in our own way. Right. I mean, who, who's not a little bit of a foodie, but. I, yeah, um, I think it's totally accurate. We all like to go do something, you know, food related when we're in towns. And um, it was just gorgeous. Uh, the the gals had a great time, which is always nice when you do something like that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, great cocktails as well. Like when we, oh, got, yeah. a, when we got a cocktail at a restaurant, um, I don't know. We got great service as well at the restaurants. People were pretty funny. Had a yeah, couple, the like, restaurants. Everywhere else, though, they were kind of yeah, tough. I mean, a little snooty. Yeah, Sorry. We went to a coffee shop, and it was like, we're asking questions, and they, they must get tourists all the time. But, hey, guess what? Don't be a coffee shop downtown. Right. <laughs> right. And you're like, main city. Like, that's going to happen to you. Like, not wanting to, like, help tourists is, and don't work there. It's your revenue flow. Yeah, like if we're not there, to like people aren't there to ski or snowboard. Like you don't have enough locals to keep this place afloat. Yeah, but anyway, I mean the streets are just—it was just so uh, refreshing. No, nothing like out here we really have. And to go be in areas that nice, it's like behind gates, and like it's hard to get to. Mm -hmm. um, just felt like the park and everything was just so well kept and maintained. And I thought one of the craziest things that went on in Vail was the city-wide Wi-Fi. Yeah, the whole city had Wi-Fi. So like, it was all free Wi-Fi. <laughs> we didn't log into it because you got to sign up and it's email and yada, yada, right. yada. But the fact that it's there. But the fact that you can have that. And they also had shuttles going around as well. And it's not a huge city, so you're like, where, you know... You could basically, we basically walk from end to end. Yeah. It's a good 15 minutes, 20 yeah. minute walk, but it's like really nothing that's too crazy and gorgeous walk too. Yeah. Gorgeous walk. So, um, yeah, I think it was just all time and we had a beautiful little event on Friday night, throwing back cocktails. Our guy, Javier at the bartender was, Javi. Just, was just, <laughs> that dude was the Javi man, baby. making him really strong. I mean, he did not hold back. Yeah, we, it was pretty silly of us. We were like really concerned if this was going to be an open bar or not. Um, like obviously Vail, Colorado wedding, it's going to be very nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we, it was silly of us to think that that wouldn't be happening, but sure. it was fully open bar, which is great. Um, with, Especially with, for a welcome party. Yeah, and top-end booze. Top-shelf booze. Yeah, like Massive is drinking, like, uh, Patron <laughs> sodas. Yeah, dude. And we were drinking, like, I had, like, one of the worst cocktails there, though. That was abysmal. The white Negroni was tough. I don't know what they did with that. I don't know even know what was in it. It was cough medicine. It's really and bad. I, and I'm, <laughs> I'm usually, you know, like, I can champ through just by any sort of cocktail. Um, that's not one of them. And you did. No. I can't believe you actually choked. You coughed. I saw you like kind of like do like a little cough gag with yeah, the whole white just, Negroni situation, it's just dude. Not, it wasn't pleasant. I like Negronis to start my night off uh, if, if it's an option. Um, I thought, oh, this might be nice. And it wasn't. Um, <laughs> we just kind of hung out, kept to ourselves. Like we don't really know anyone at this wedding besides, you yep. know, um, the Wilders. Um, the yeah, Wilders. Wilds. The Wilds. Okay. Yeah. Wilders is a movie. But anyways. Sure, I'll take your word Bert for Kreischer it. Burt Kreischer was based on it. There you go. Dan Wilder. <laughs> um, and then, like, obviously the Camardas. Right. Basically everyone we knew. So it was mainly just us four hanging out, which we're, was we're great. Kinda, we're kind of there just vibing and having drinks and hanging out. And shaking hands. Yeah, dude. And then uh, what did you think about some of the food that they had? Because the food I, was... Because um, I think the food is is very much a big part of the experience for a wedding as long as, you know, it's it's to go along with the aesthetics and, right. you know, alcohol and all that kind I, of all, stuff. All the food was great. Yeah, I love those little sliders. I mean, we were throwing those yeah, things back. Yeah, we would uh, send Andrew out to go grab sliders <laughs> and cheese pretzels. And we, you know, we... We're balling on the budget. So wherever we could have gotten a free meal, we... I mean, they uh, said light snacks, and we... I mean, we very much... Dinner out of it. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be uh, chicken and waffles. Right. Little, like, mini cheeseburger sliders with, like, a caramelized onion truffle mm -hmm. situation going on there. Ooh. Fuck Real me nice. Up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then uh, we did that, and... 
called the night and just kind of did the next thing uh, the next day before the wedding. Kind of just hung out and went back in town. Had a oh, yeah. pretty decent breakfast lunch vibe. Um, Katie pulled a lamb euro out of nowhere. <laughs> Dude, that pick. Out of left field. That pick at the red line was outrageous. Yeah, it's like, it's a, a, it's like a it's like a classic American lunch spot. Right, with a little bit of barbecue twist going on there. Right. And it's like one Greek or Mediterranean lamb and beef euro, and she goes, I'm snagging that thing. It's it's crazy pick. You both had some wild picks at that lunch. Well, I went with the baked beans. You went with baked beans before a wedding. It's, I mean, it, it's a barbecue restaurant, though. And we already had onion rings as an appetizer. I wouldn't classify that that place is barbecue. Okay. But the beans slapped, though. I, I bet. It was just a funny pick. It was really good. <laughs> it was better than my sandwich. Really? Yeah. It was the best thing that I had that day or at that good. meal. That's pretty good. Except for the fries. The fries that you got were pretty good. outstanding. Yeah, food was right up the middle, but it wasn't that expensive either. No, and the just obscene portions. You know what I thought was the most ridiculous thing that I saw out of the kitchen? We might catch a, lot, a little bit of heat here, but I don't care because I stand firmly with this situation. I got and you that, back, buddy. And that is the mountain of nachos. Yeah, not like, oh, this place has big nachos. No, no, no. This place... Four separate reactions one of us would see at a separate time and it would <laughs> yeah. catch us. And then the reaction was shocked. It's like helmet, two helmet nachos from, like, the Angel Stadium. Like, I mean, you might as well just have fed, like, a, you know, it's like a trough situation. It was, un, it was like, three pounds of chips. To paint a picture, it's, like, basically one of those, like, buffet, like, platters. And it is a full dome action and it is like a foot and a half, a foot high. Right. Stacked like 30 layers. And it might have been like a full two, like two pound bag of chips. And it's just like, what are we doing? There's no way. <laughs> the best thing about a nacho is how crispy it is. Right. And the ratios. Right. It's like cheese. It's like uh, chips, cheese, chips, all the topics. And you like layer. That's it. And that's it. I think it should only be like those two layers of right. chips. Any higher, then you're losing the integrity of all the chips. Mm -hmm. They're not getting the same love. Nope. And you're not getting the same toppings. Yeah, nachos are great. I'm not uh, the biggest fan of them, personally. Like, I like nachos. If they're there, great. But, like, I usually don't choose it for myself as, like, a I'm not going. Snack. I'm not going out of my way for it. But let me tell you, we did dive into those nachos in college. You remember that? No. We, we dude, what do you mean? That was like our one of our go-to snacks. Oh, it was like yeah. a microwave quesadilla. Yeah. Or it was a microwave plate of nachos. I remember that now. Yeah, just all time. And you put a little like tapatio or a little salsa on the side. Oh, uh, yeah. It's pretty it, it hits at pretty good. At the apartment? Yeah, at the apartment and in, in the garage. Garage didn't feel like it happened as often. No, it was more of the apartment. The apartment felt like it was primetime quesadilla. We, we did do it a couple times, though, in the garage because we'd always throw on uh, the How to Train Your Dragon TV oh, show. Yeah, yeah, that's classic. <laughs> yeah. Can't be mad at a classic. That's just a good piece of cinema. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, wedding, stunning. Um, like, all the little pieces and food, all great. It was a gorgeous wedding they were banging out drinks at the bar i mean they only had two Ooh, two guys cocktails really good stuff quality um music was great you know they had a live band there first time that i've actually had a live band at a at a wedding me too it was pretty fun i i, I liked the energy that the band brought to the wedding like instead of just a dj i like i like the whole band situation yeah. Even though maybe it wasn't like the, you know, the like the best or all like, you know, you're, you're going to get what you get with a band. You don't know exactly, but I mean, pretty good. Pretty yeah, I would solid. say like to me, I, I just like a DJ just because it sounds better. It's easier. You get the music you want. Sure. Like they were having mic issues at times and like it was cutting out at times. Yeah, but you do get because they have to take a little bit of a break. So then right. you can go like in and out of like DJ. And then like once the DJ came on, they were bumping music and like EDM music. Yeah, and they were clubby. just, and they were just getting hyped with yeah. it. And that was one of the coolest things as well. That so, was like one of my favorite parts of the wedding, I think, was watching Nick and 
um, Michael's brother up there and Brittany and, you know, uh, her sister and people just up on that stage. Just like they were having a blast, Mm -hmm. which is is all you want to see. Yeah, it's exactly what you want to see. Um, I thought the ceremony was beautiful where it was at outside. I was getting a little bit worried because it did start to sprinkle a little bit bit. right beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, you know, just blew right on over. Um, Yeah, I thought the food was just really solid as well. Like I thought the salad we got, I don't know if it it was like really up your alley because it was like the very thin sliced peaches and they're all like laid out on the plate like medallions. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was pretty nice. I, I, I thought the food was really, really good. Cause yeah. I know, I know the peaches were not like, that's not something that you want to necessarily no, but go like to. When, when you're at a good restaurant like that, I'll, I'll eat whatever pretty much they throw at me. Yeah, of course. Um, just because, you know, like one, I don't really have an option. It's a course <laughs> meal. Yeah. Two, because like, it's, uh, you know, you can kind of trust chefs. They know what we they're doing. Nicer, which I'm right now so obsessed with fine dining. Uh, I haven't watched the uh, season two of Bear, really? which I need to get into. Okay. I haven't watched that either. I loved the first season. But dude. Eater has, um, Eater's a website for like, you can look up best uh, Vail restaurants by Eater. Um, or any any city for that matter. Right. That's like one of the first things we do when we're going to visit. Let's let's pick an easy one that's next to us that we've done a bunch. Is like Las you know Vegas. yeah Vegas, San Diego, L.A. Right? You know they have like you, and, can, you can get really granular like uh, best restaurants in Koreatown in L.A. and they'll uh, help you out. And it's a good and then for the most part, I've been to a lot of their restaurants. They recommend they always and it hasn't really missed. Yeah, yeah. Very rarely has one missed. And normally it's like a brunch spot because brunch spots are just. I feel like, why are brunch spots so hard? Yeah, no one really does it right. There's it's like tough. very few spots that do it really well, and I feel like they hit their peak so fast, and they fall off. I feel like you go for like one really nice brunch, and you go back, and you're like, eh, yeah, it's okay. I think it's just brunch fruit in general is just tough to nail. It's just all uh, difficult, but anyway. I don't know. It just doesn't. It seems like it it doesn't impress very easily. At least for me, like I don't just I don't love. Just like I don't know, eggs Benedict every time. Like it, it's it's great, it's good, right? But like an eggs Benedict is not going to change my life. No, I don't know. Yeah, personally, with the brunch spot we had in Colorado was pretty good. Yeah, it was great. It was just a very like executive lunch place, like mm-hmm. Houston's. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, beautiful wedding. Um, you know, we have it was so fun. We got back from Colorado and in our mailboxes of wedding next year we're both invited to. Yeah, oh, Austin yeah. Austin and we get to run uh, this or we're going to run it back. I mean, the vibes for the group were all time. A plus for the group. It was really fun. I felt like we were all same wavelength all the same time. Mm-hmm. There was no I don't know, like I want to go here, let's go there. It's it's it was all we're going to go back and chill. We're going to hang out for an hour or two. We did our thing. You know, let's wind down and let's like rest up for the event. You know, let's rage a little bit. Let's get after it. Maybe one in particular got after it a little bit too, too aggressively on wedding night. Some, some say that happens, (laughs) but I guess, you know, up on you. I guess when you're throwing back some, you know, very strong cocktails, they can they can really run up on you and dial them up. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is true. But and it's a really tough turnaround, especially when we got a wake up call at four in the morning. Yeah. So <laughs> not. Yeah, we had to. You know, so getting in the Denver airport, <clears throat> the traffic was so bad for us that uh, kind of freaked me out. Like when we got into the airport, just like how far it took us to get to the rental car, which I knew we'd have to do back. And just okay. everything was like, okay, we're going to need to get to the airport early and not play around. Yeah, with you this. have major like flying anxiety because I could literally like care less. And I'm rolling in like <laughs> while, while like boarding's happening and I'm like, that's perfect. Like I don't need to get to the gate beforehand. Yeah, like I don't, <laughs> I get, yeah, that, that's stressful. See, I don't, it doesn't because, bother like, me. If you miss that flight, you don't get your money back. Yeah, I told I get that. And if I'm rolling up to flights an hour fifteen before the flight takes off, like most of the time. Which is where we got to. No, 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 buddy. No, no, no I'm saying get to the airport an hour, hour fifteen beforehand. Yeah. Hour th- we would have been late. That's now cutting it. That's cutting it. Right. We would have been late. If no, we, got, we wouldn't have. If we got to the air it took us an hour to get through to get our bag checked. 
Okay, you you got to check a bag. That was right. That's right. I right. didn't factor that in into my like because I never check bags. Right. I always aim for an hour thirty. That's the goal. And if it happens to be an hour fifteen, so be it. But you you like you like a nice comfy cushiony two and a half three hours before flight. Yeah, I do. I really <laughs> do. Love that time. Because well, I just like, what am I gonna do anyways? That's it's very true. And it's like you might as well get there, especially when we're flying out early in the morning. Let's not fuck around with it. Like, let's just get there. We're or, we're already leaving the sanctuary of Vale, and and at an ungodly hour as is. Right. It's like, what's the extra forty minutes gonna do for exactly. you? Exactly. And it was nice. Right. I think it was nice. We got know? up. We got there. Um, by the skin of our teeth, the group was loopy throughout the whole <laughs> yeah, drive. Dude. I was. Feeling probably like the best. I think you're feeling great, dude. Because you also threw back a little coffee. You were mobbing it. Absolutely zero traffic. And I'm actually glad we got to see a little bit of the drive drive out, right? Because we missed it on the drive in. Yeah. It was supposed to be gorgeous. Well, we kind of caught both at dark hours. You were mobbing on the way up there. Uh, I was really trying to shave off some time. You really did, too. You really got down to like, you know. We would have been like 30 minutes early if uh, we didn't hit some random work mountain traffic. Yeah, that was the but, worst. Um, shout out Brittany and Nick. Um, very excited to, you know, hear about your honeymoon and thank you guys for the invite. And um, yeah, welcome to the club. It's good stuff, dude. It's good stuff. And I'm really much looking forward to, uh, you know, the Lovett's wedding here, Austin and Annie. Ooh, coming up. Yeah, Dallas. It's, it's kind of around the corner from here. Yeah, March. Yeah, it's we're yeah. right there. It's going to be a blasty blast. Um, yeah, it's going to... I'm excited for Dallas. I want to go up a day earlier. For sure. Then we go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, come home Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would love to spend an extra couple days. Yeah, because I've just never been to Texas. And I don't really have a lot... You've never of, been to Texas, dog? Never been to Texas. Whoa. Hold up. Hold so, up. Um, I want, you know, barbecue one day. Yeah. Right. That's like, a given. That's, duh. that's a um, given. Golf. Probably. Oh yeah. Gotta see my buddy Austin. Have to. That's what I would love to go do. Is like. So I, I need a couple extra days just to round out some people who are out there and see them, and um, you know, make sure everyone's cool. And I love going. To, like, don't get me wrong. I love going to weddings. It's just tough when you don't get the time that you think that you need because, like, if you're gonna make it a destination wedding or you know you're out of town and we have to go and fly to it this i guess i'm just talking personally on this if i'm flying i want to make the most of it right like if right. i if i'm going to a wedding and it's a, a 2 hour flight and it's planning and it's hotel and it's all that kind of stuff i want like 3 nights yeah i, I think we need one more night in vale i just started a new job yeah and i you know obviously there's a bunch of factors right like i just got married i took my honeymoon like a couple you days just, off here and it's there. It's a bummer you can't just do that with work day. You're like, who cares? You know, like I when know. you're out there, you're like, who cares about like whatever this fake PTO and all this stuff is. Right. You gotta kind of I don't know if that vacation like I think we all just needed to break. I don't know what it was, but like it just felt great. Everyone was great. I think it was a, a combination of yes, we needed a break, but um, two, maybe it was just really nice going to an event and like us not really having to like worry too much about it yeah we're just doing it we're just there and just we're here to have fun and celebrate uh, you know a family like that's awesome yeah you know um and maybe just because it was so beautiful over there too it's just a really it's a breath of fresh air yeah it was just nice to spend the money have it be worth it sure so Um, that's what i would love to do when we go over there to dallas is maybe get one more extra day maybe two i think two extra days would be good Love to shit the sticks out there. Yeah, get the sticks out there so maybe we can go slap it around somewhere. Yeah, that would be fun. Maybe, maybe the next, maybe make it a week out of it. I would love to do that. Maybe because uh, I'm sure we can look at Airbnbs. I'm sure we're staying with each other again. Um, we're going to for sure. Right. Just get get back to the basics here. Um, one thing was funny though, like we were talking about elevation, like walking up the stairs and down the stairs and being out of breath. Uh, made me think about the documentary Unchained, mm-hmm. uh, which is on Netflix. It's about the Tour de France. We've talked about it a couple times. Um, we never really like dove into it, dove into it, though. So, so we're, we can, we're going we to here. This elevation is very similar to p- some areas of it, of the Tour de France, when you start, you know, at some of these mountain peaks in France. Um, 
some of the craziest athletic feats I've ever seen in a sports documentary. Um, one of the best sports documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like the, um, the golf one, the, you know, drive to survive. Break so, points in there. Yeah. It's, it's up there. It's same, same people, same type of series. And, um, this one's my favorite. Um, just cause I don't know anything about them or what they're doing or, you know, how hard it is. I don't, I, it, I didn't know. I mean, it was the funniest like aha moment when I was watching the the documentary. It was just called the Peloton, and that just means the mass group of riders that they can ride more efficiently because the wind is they're not facing any, um, you know, wind resistance out there. And I didn't know it was called the Peloton. I just thought that was just a random right. Name you that don't the company really. Came out uh, of. <laughs> I don't know anything. Yeah, I was about like, why is it called Peloton? Yeah, uh, and now you get it. I didn't either. You know, I didn't know that. Um, also, I didn't really know that Tour de France was multiple stages. I thought it was just one race. Really? That's that's tough. That is tough. That's, that's, that is tough for me. <laughs> call yourself a... You can't call yourself a sports fish, aficionado, but we... I never call myself a sports no, aficionado. No, no, you, you are. I feel like you are. I, I, I feel like I know a little bit about a lot of sports, but not... These docs are sure helping, though. Right, you're really starting to pick on some stuff. And the crazy scenes for me were when they would pedal up mountains. Now, I'm not talking like, oh, it's up your hill. No, no. No, it's like a 7 8% grade. Straight up. And they're not just, they're, they're going to go for, you know, 15, 20 kilometers. It's like 115 kilometers they're doing each day, every day, for 21 days straight. And it is the most grueling sport that i i mean it pushes you to your break point and then some if that's you, what if, it looked like if you want to win yeah if you want the you know if you really want to win this you have to like go past a sick place and no one else is gonna go to oh yeah and you got to be in your element and feeling it that day right you got to be locked in and it just really truly showed a different side of mental capacity and fortitude that I truly have never really seen before. It's like firsthand and that up close. These guys are digging so deep and just killing themselves. And then they're talking about how you need to like learn to love the pain. Yeah, that's like the theme of it. It's like the whole thing. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to have to, I don't know ride with a broken tailbone or like a broken Because these crashes are also catastrophic too. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I I didn't, didn't realize re that crashes are crazy. I did not. Also, I mean. How I, often just, they happen? They happen every single race. And it's like 20 riders are always like caught in the mix of it. Someone almost died from one. Yes, dude. Like the dude got like 22 stitches because he just lacerated his entire face. And then, like, had this full recovery session and, like, got back on the bike, like, a year later. And it's just like, yeah, we're just, that's, this is just what I do. Like, right. I'm like, well, you cannot pay me to get on that bike again. Right. Like, when you crash like that, like, watching people hit concrete and dirt and cobble now looks like, back in the day, I'm like, yeah, I probably hurt a lot when I was a kid. But now I'm looking like I'm breaking something. Like, something is going to break. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't have the... And they're also not going like 15 miles an hour. They are like the teams and the motorcycles behind them are going like 30 miles an hour. They're flying down these. They're hills. going 40, 45. No, just flat ground too. They're yeah. going like 40 kilometers an hour. Yeah, they're, they're, they're cooking. They are mobbing. And there's a big reason why if you fall behind that Peloton, you're going to fall way, way behind the, the pace because now you're just battling wind in your face the whole time. Right. You got to catch up, which means you got to go faster. And you're fighting the win, which is basically impossible at that point. Right. It's just an, it's a bigger uphill battle that you just don't need to fight. And so it's just, it was really, really crazy to imagine myself, and I'm sure for yourself, doing anything of that sort for competition and for fun. I mean, I'm not, I remember playing football and basketball and watching the cross country people run. <laughs> What's going on there? Like, what are you guys why? doing? You're doing the punishment part of our sport. <laughs> yeah, dude. And that's their whole sport. So I yeah, I don't get the whole endurance. I'm I'm the first guy to tap out when it comes to like pain. 
or not pain, but like mentally Put, pushing yourself to putting that place. in like the effort because like you you have a very high to- like high pain tolerance, right? You like break your ankle and you're just like, ah, it's vacation. I got a champ through this, and it's no big deal. I'm not going to talk about it. Right. <laughs> I'm just, and someone asks me why I'm limping. I'm like, well, it's my ankle's huge. Right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's just, uh, I don't have that, like, I, I need to push past this point of pain to, like, you know, run faster. It's so like, do no, you, I'm good. So do you think that pushing through pain can be, can be trained? Or are some people just kind of a little bit more sick and twisted for just dealing with that? I think there's a level of it you can train. And I think, you can learn to love it, just like anything. Yeah. But I think the real people who are sick and twisted, who just naturally come out of the womb, like you, who when you work out, it's not like a casual workout. You go pretty hard in the gym. Okay, but stop, stop throwing my name in the equation here. This is not even... Oh, well, I'm just saying like completely different there's worlds. people who really enjoy pushing themselves like that, and there's people who don't. That's, and That's fair people who really love that sick type of endurance running or endurance pain, like they're always going to be better if they work at it too than somebody who hates it and like just does it. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. And again, it's just watching those guys like flying up the mountain, six, seven slope. And they're like at 6,000 feet, 7,000 feet elevation. And they're like, coaches are yelling at them. Screaming screaming right and the fact that they're also just like grabbing water bottles and gel packets for like sugar and it's just like like, i need i need like four waters i gotta bring them back up to like this person up front and you're just like what is going on really cool also the team aspect right of the whole cycling and everyone's got like their leader and you know the wind blockers and then the dudes that are bringing up resources and it's just like a full organization that I had nothing, I didn't know anything about because I just heard Lance Armstrong and that was it. Right, that's all I knew is yeah. <laughs> Lance Armstrong and how good he was. And, you know, maybe uh, wrongfully was punished uh, for a lot of the doping and steroid use he was doing because it seems like everyone was doing it. Yeah, during that time. It's sure. like very self-admitted that everyone was doping and steroiding yeah um, exactly exactly that so but yeah it, it's it's funny how crazy that altitude is and how strong and powerful these people you know these like tiny guys are for the most part they're not big dudes no they're pretty they're very very thin right i mean they they talk about it very briefly i would love to actually have them cover this if they're if it's going to do it again next year which i believe it is coming out oh yeah um I would love to hear what their regiment, what they're consuming and eating because they're on very strict diets because every pound matters when you're going up massive slopes like that and trying to go for speed and aerodynamics and like the whole thing is the bike and the rider like working cohesively together and like your optimal riding conditions. And it's just like so, so crazy for me to like wrap my head around. It's like you just need to be obviously in sports. It's great to be in peak physical condition. But this is just like another level that I've like never quite seen before. Yeah. In that dramatic of a fashion, right? Like these dudes are like cutting and it's crazy diets and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, the the mental fortitude that these guys have. It was really entertaining. And yeah, it was, I think... It was a shock to me at first, the first two episodes. If you guys dive into it, it Please wasn't do. it wasn't really my cup of tea at first because I do nothing about it and I didn't really get it or understand Just it. Just hold kinda, on though. But hold on because it, it really starts cooking episode three and four. Three, four gets really good. Yeah. One, two, they got to teach you about because it it's, it's a sport that you've heard of and you get you kind of get the concept, but you have really no clue. Um, mm-hmm. very much like, uh, just when you get into anything, you know, so it, it's pretty great stuff. It's one of my favorite docs. It's a must watch. Um, someone else who pushed himself and did something special is, uh, Bryson DeShampo. Yeah, dude. I did see that. It was all Shot over Instagram. 58, did you which, check out highlights? No. Yeah, I didn't either, but just curious. I just can't did. stand them. So that's a tough part for me. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of him. I love what he did for the game. I love what he does for the game. He thinks about it completely different. It's just hard for me to watch him. Yeah, it's uh, pretty tough. He's just a goob, and that's fine. That's just who he is. 
It was like scientific athletes like Trevor Bauer, another guy who's all about statistics and, you know, recovery. Who's Trevor Bauer? He was a pitcher, um, Cy Young Award guy, was going to go to... Is he older? Is he still playing? Well, he was going to... Um, famous for outing the sticky stuff on baseball. Got it. Okay. Famous for, like, being a pitcher who did that. He went to the Dodgers. He had multiple um, allegations against him, which I believe now are false. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Um, went to court for like sexual abuse or something. Oh, with multiple women. I should have. I should have heard about this. You probably did, but you, you know we don't really follow baseball. True. Um, he has a YouTube channel. Okay. Um, he, I'm pretty sure he got acquitted from all the charges or they were dropped. Um, but he's another like sports sciencey type. Dude. I mean, heavy. Okay. Like apps that show recovery and what he needs to do to hit recovery, sleep schedules. How to release the glove, how to hold the ball, paying a ball to see how it's spinning. He's a pitcher. Oh, wow. So it's, it's all really high-end stuff he does. Um, he kind of teaches younger baseball players how to maximize their whatever yeah, abilities. That's, that's cool. But, yeah, Bryson's super weird dude. Anyone who doesn't know, he, like, hits the ball a quarter mile. I yeah, mean, he played, like, a lot of, like, you know, he played the one-length one, in, the one length irons. Still does. Um, I thought he changed him actually. Did he change it recently? Yeah, I just saw that TXG is like an Instagram that I like follow and watch on YouTube, but they're actually not part of Club Champion. But they released his like in the bag. They hey, he had a driver in there that I've never seen before. And then he had like the ping I two tens or something like that for his irons that he played and shot the fifty eight with. Well, there you go. Which he was, I thought was interesting. He released a YouTube video with Phil, and he felt like he was. He said he's playing the best golf he's played in a really long time. Yeah, that's um, cool. Good for him. So but, good for him. I'm hyped about it. But I brought up some new, like, fun topics to talk about with it. Um, you know, so courses in golf can be harder or easier just based on the golf course. Um, so Bryson's 58, even though the lowest score all year, isn't the best round of golf, quote-unquote. Because there was other people who shot similar, like, you know. Shot a 61. At a course that was much tougher. Sure. And that's more, and, you know, I guess my question to you, do you find that more impressive or, you know, at where we're at, like, shooting a whatever, a 78, that's your best round? Like, or is, do you consider your best round, like, on a tough course where you shot well? I think a lot of it maybe has to do with the, um, I mean, okay, let me start here. There's, shooting a 58 is impressive. Regardless. I mean, regardless, it's amazing, and I'll never do it. So, congrats to him. That was that's unreal. You're never gonna do it. Yeah, we gotta talk about it though. We we have to, and I think a 58 is a 58 because you still got to be, you know, scoring and making a ton of putts. But at the same time, you know, what if you shoot a, a 60 on a par 72 course? Right. Like, I mean, it, that's it's very like the scoring is almost a little off essentially like if you shoot a 60 on a par 70 course that's 12 under that's what bryson was and now maybe like you know historically par threes are a skosh bit harder for pros to birdie so you know you only have two par fives so like a 12 under does mean a little bit more on a par 70 but i think a little bit has to do with the fact of how difficult the course setup is i think you also have to set, like, factor that in when i think of my best rounds I'm not shooting. I'm not shooting 64 or or 68 or anything like that. Right. So I think it's not really a number for me. It's a number at a good course means more because I'm not really like going low yet. Right. You're. Yeah. It's like we're not really going that that low. Yeah. I mean, I, one day I could just maybe in my dreams, but like, you know, I think a number on a very difficult course. Like I shot a 79 at Papago. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that, was that was, that was my best round that I played. And I believe I did break 80, but I've shot a 74 before, but that was at miles square. But Papago on a course that we've never played before. We played from the blue blacks. It was like 6,900 yards, very difficult course. 
I don't know what my course handicap rating was that day, but it played, you know, four strokes harder. Yeah. Or five strokes harder than my handicap. Beautiful course, though. Gorgeous course. Beautiful conditions, but very tight, actually, for a desert course. There's a lot of, like, waste areas. But I, when I picture a good round of golf, like, that was my best round of golf that I've shot, to, to, to my knowledge. Uh, yeah. So I guess conversely to you, do you think it's the 78 that you just shot at Ukaipa? Or is it more of like the, you know, the tournament 81 that you shot at Mile Square? Both are, sorry, both are in tournaments. Both yeah. are in tournaments. But two of your both lowest rounds. Or is there another round that you maybe shot 84 at or 86 at and it was a super difficult course? Yeah, I can't really remember anything specifically for myself that was at a harder course where I shot something and I was like, ooh, that felt really nice. Um, I played pretty okay at Wolf Creek for what it was. Um, I don't remember what you scored there. 95, 92. Did you beat me that day? I, I shot like 99. I think I beat you by a couple there. Well, then you, I thought just last episode or whatever, last time we were doing this, I thought we were talking about how you never beat me in stroke play. I think I beat you in match. Oh, I think because we, we weren't doing stroke back. I thought I was like, I got my ass kicked at Wolf Creek. I don't know. I thought I shot a horrific number. Yeah, maybe, I I sh- maybe, maybe a shot 93. I would knows. love to go back to Wolf Creek. Um, check we'll it out a, and get another shot at that course. Oh, yeah, because yeah. now I forgot about what you know how mean it was to me. But anyways, um, I think my best round is a 78. Um, sure. Because like Miles Square and Ukaipa aren't that different like um, in sh- like uh, how hard it is. Like Ukaipa, technically you can get in trouble more because you can hit into houses. Where and Miles- you can also hit in the bunker and you're done so. Right. And there's That's a water there itself. where Miles Square has very few dangers but if you're off the beaten path it gets pretty difficult a little bit but there's always the you know adjacent fairway always right which is why you love that you're just never in trouble honestly like you might get like a tree that's blocking your way every like fifth time that you're at like in the rough God, I love that course. You know, it's, it's really playable. It's really scorable. It's really fun. And you can have fun, you know, you can hit fun shots and uh, you can keep going with it. But um, yeah, man, I think my 78 would be my best round. I think so and, too, and I do think, I would agree that if I played well in tough courses, which I normally don't, that would, if I shot like an 84 at Dove, I'd say I'd probably be my best round of golf. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm going to have to play much better at Dove than with Ukaipa. Yeah. And I think the margin for error with the level of our games is so far greater once you step onto a more difficult course because we're naturally going to be way more off target. For sure. So we're going to be, you know, we miss the green and there's green drop-offs. The greens are super fast. They're firm. You know, we've got penalty areas. Everything's white-staked. You know, you start adding all of these, like... Mm-hmm. You start adding all of this trouble, and like the trouble is like eventually going to catch up to you. You're gonna you're gonna catch and card like eights so so more regularly at those courses, Terrifying. you know. And they're just gonna those big numbers are gonna start piling up, and you can easily shoot ninety two, no questions asked. Right. So I, I I think it's I think we're spot on here, but I would love to you know see what everyone else kind of thinks about it. Maybe we kind of you know. Tickle the noodle a little bit, make you guys Tickle think. Tickle the noodle a little bit. <laughs> I love that. Um, Bryson also said, which I found interesting as well, um, you know, he used to play red red tees often. Which kind of threw me off a little bit. And he would go and, and he said, teach me how to score because I would be shooting for a number trying to go like whatever, eight under, nine under for the day. It would teach him how to push himself and not be worried about him shooting 600 because that's what he should do and you learning all that stuff. I thought it was really interesting. Um, it's something I would love to try one day just to see what it's like. I, even though I think I've kind of learned that-ish a bit better now um, with age and also um, just doing it enough with tournaments Yeah, and realizing it's golf and I'm going to be okay. <laughs> like if I don't shoot whatever I want to shoot. Sure. Um, it's pretty cool stuff. It's it's the same thing I've heard from Jack Nicholas. Heard his kids. Uh, he had to make his kids play on the Reds until they broke par, and then they can move one step back. Interesting, right? So break par, you can play whites. Break par, you play blues. Break par, you can play blacks. Huh? Right. I kind of like that thought. 
It's the same thing that how like Earl Woods taught Tiger, but first, right? Then you can chip. I mean, he's also like you know teaching him when he's like three years old. That's like the easiest thing. That's maybe all like he really can do or whatever. Two years old. But I kind of like that little school of thought as well. So maybe we should try that one day because I think it would be very interesting. I feel like it would also like make your game, you know, it would tidy up your game a little bit too. Right. You got like, you know, I'm sure there's some weird distances. You don't know what you need to take and you can't just bomb driver every time because you're probably going to get yourself in trouble more. So yeah, I hit some different shots. If we played the forward tees though at Miles Square, if I feel like we still got driving, I'm still taking driver. Yeah. yeah I'm going to put part. it, I'm going to put it in the greenside bunker. I'll be just fine over there. I won't be. Yeah, but we got to get you out in the sand, dude. We yeah, got we gotta, to we gotta get that right. You're too good of a field player to not have a decent sand game. It comes out every once in a while. It does. You hit a magnificent bunker shot pretty recently to about two feet at Miles Square. And does, every once, does every once in a while, but uh, for the most part, it's pretty horrendous, especially if I'm not in a good headspace. Game me in that sand is just a room for disaster sure um why don't we why don't we do this why don't like next time or whenever we go out and play like a golf round during the week let's try playing off the forward tees at costa mesa during the week love it so we're only playing like 12 to 14 holes right but just like let's see what we shoot let's see what happens there i would love that and then we can report back let's do it next next round we'll play from the reds or whatever we're, we're doing i think that's great um, speaking of golf, as always, um, FedEx Cup is coming up for us. And uh, news in, I lost the bet. <laughs> so we're going to phone it in here. But we are going to give you some picks that we enjoy. Andrew, I'm going to be his caddy. We're going to film that. We're going to edit it. That's going to be one of our first YouTube videos up. I think that's going to be all time. It's going to be fun for the people that have been following along. Shout out you guys, but then you got to get a little bit of piece of, you know, piece of the action. Right. Hopefully you're betting with Andrew because you might have done decently. I don't think we hit a winner, though. I don't think anyone ever picked a winner this whole time. I think we did, dude. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I we did. I so. I thought I got Victor Hovland for a win. You did. Okay. That boy. And I know, I thought you got Scotty maybe for a win. I think I might, but that's an easy pick. Yeah. <laughs> Victor is a good pick there. That would have won you some cash, but... um. Yeah, we, you know, I'm gonna get a caddy outfit. I'm going. It's gonna, it's gonna be all time, dude. It's gonna be so much fun. Maybe take the wives out there. They can video the whole thing. Um, oh, for sure. Full eighteen, right? Or are we thinking maybe nine? We'll figure full that eight, out. Full eighteen. We'll figure that out later. What I mean, guess. no, no, full eighteen. Okay. We got. I want to see how low you can go. Yeah, that's, that's that would that would be fun. Let's hope that the back's feeling well, which it has been recently. And you get a walk. Yeah. Without carrying a bag. That's going to be the weirdest thing ever. Right. I'm going to carry the bag for you. Are you going to bring the push card out or are you going to carry it? I'm going to let you decide on that one. Well, I don't want to be that. It depends also if we're going to have some the, beers and stuff. Yeah. And it's going to, we're going to depend if, you know, the, if there's a cart in our group, if the gals are coming with and they're like, you know, cruising along in a cart, then we can carry the bag and like look the part. For sure. We can look the part. I think I'm just going to carry the bag. I think it would look better on video, honestly. Right. I think we probably just carry look the a little bag. dorky if we're like both standing there and we got a push cart and it's the whole nine. For yards. sure. I don't know. I don't know. I think we gotta go back. I think we gotta go profesh. Yeah. Maybe like not the overalls, but some form of like. No, we're getting the overalls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do some sort of caddy stuff. It'll be it'll be a blast. Uh, why don't you go ahead and rattle off the three people you think are gonna do well? Maybe win the FedEx Cup here, buddy. Yeah. Um, FedEx Cup here, first round. I'm I'm very. This is one of my favorite tournaments. Are these going to be sorry, real quick? Are these going to be our picks to win the whole FedEx Cup? I think I thought we would. I thought we would repick each week. Okay, that's fine. Why don't we have these three? Well, because like if they get cut, then they get cut. Like you, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, but then you're just like carding a lower number next time because you're just going to have one guy. Gotcha. Okay, so we do it each day. Okay. Yeah, we got to do it each time. So for this turn, this weekend coming up. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe we can alter it, but I'm thinking these are going to be the guys for this weekend. Well, I guess we didn't think that far ahead, but that's my initial okay. thought. I like that. Let's, okay. We'll do that. Okay. Um, so tur- 70 players made the field this tournament. The FedEx St. Jude is coming up. I love this tournament. I think it's one of my favorites of the year just because of the way... 
there was like stages and there was like a building factor. I don't know. It feels like very competitive golf at like the closing end of the year. I'm really hoping this really, this tournament really brings home a little bit more golf excitement because it's been a little lackluster this year. The real stink show. Yeah. Besides the live drama and all that. So yeah, anyways, that's just annoying though. Rolling right into this thing. I went with John Rahm. Um, haven't really picked him all year and like he hasn't been playing all too great. But for some reason, I really do think that he's going to come alive uh, this weekend and really kind of cement his way um, into a, a commanding lead here. Um, went with a guy that um, played pretty damn well last weekend, actually. Um, Russell Henley. I like kind of where his game's at right now. And then went with Bo Hostler to round out the third pick here. Great pick, buddy. I, I just, champion. Just think, Bo, <laughs> maybe this, this, just this year. I think we just keep this thing rolling into next year, dude. I think that would be hilarious. Yeah, we're just gonna do a caddy bet every year. Um, I want to win caddy bet so bad. And yeah, dude, Bo Hostler, I think is just a really fun guy that you know just got to show him a little love every once in a while. Won that tournament. Um, actually, did you see him win that tournament? It was going on with the Open, and it was like the conjoining tournament. It was like the Barracuda Championship or whatever. No. He won that. And it was a point system. Did you see that? Mm -mm. Very strange. It was like Eagle was worth like eight or nine points. Birdie's worth three or four. Gotcha. Par's worth one mm -hmm. or, 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 one. or nothing or something like that. I don't know. It's different than the um, Lake Tahoe right. Pro-Am situation. It's slightly harder, but gotcha. anyways, he won that tournament, which I thought was kind of interesting. I've never seen that one before, but yeah, Bo, rounding out the pick. Nice, buddy. Uh, my three here, going number one. Um, guy's been playing well. I think he gets up for big tournaments like this. Be Rory. Don't have it be an open or a major, like a super major, but like this is something he does really well at. Three-time champion mm -hmm. for the FedEx Cup. That's a good, so I'm hoping to baby pick him on Sunday, you know, when it comes to. Uh, Tegan Bradley, been playing great all year, one of my guys. Um, it's been fun watching him play well and kind of getting out of his head. And then um, Adam Hadwin, you know, just haven't picked him all year. I thought I'd give it a shot. Give him a run, dude. Um, I was actually surprised about the field. I didn't see a lot of guys that I would usually see JT's not there around this time. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That was kind of crazy. The way he finished this weekend, did you catch a little bit of that? Yeah, I caught it. It was like he needed to make that birdie, almost chipped it in, or eagle, and it was I, tough. I think if he had the pin out, I think that thing would have dropped. Yeah, really. the pin out thing is uh, up for debate because I've seen more putts rim out recently from the flag being in. Well, I know if you ask Chris about this, he's going to say very, very sternly, pin has got to be out. Always out for him, though. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of like it in, though. I, I think it's, it just depends. It depends how I'm feeling. I think it's debatable. If it is, see, there's sometimes I love the pin in when it's five feet. Right. And if it's a little bit downhill, it helps me like, no, it also just helps, it helps me pick if it's like, if it's right inside edge, my aim gets a little bit just kind of bleh out there. It's not right. focused. If I could aim at the right side of the pin. And that's di that dials me. That helps me out. I do like the sound of a no cup bang out though. It really, it really is nice. Yeah, so. that's the one thing I am. You are missing when that happens. Anyways, buddy, we're gonna run into our top three here. Very fitting. We're gonna go top three worst parts of a mountain. Um, as we like to do this, you know, um, we like to eliminate the obvious. So clearly, um, people it being packed and money. Yeah. Are we're talking two. like you're talking like skiing, snowboarding. Right. When you say mountain? Yeah, like okay. skiing, snowboarding could be like mountain town restaurant, I guess. But the three worst parts of going to the mountains. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll start us off here. Bang um, them out, baby. Number three for me are the ski lift workers. Um, elaborate a little bit. So I just every time I talk to a ski lift worker, you ask them a question. They don't seem to like care to talk to you or really even pay attention. They're very nonchalant about this metal bench swinging at you. Sure, flying through. And you're just kind of like... Some of know, those things come in hot. And you you know, it's a little terrifying. And you're like, you catch it wrong. Get, I've hit my head on those bars before. <laughs> and they kind of just laugh at you when you bang your head off stuff. So ski lift worker is not my favorite. Okay. I, I did not see that one coming, but I love the pick. I, I usually don't have that bad of run-ins. I mean, they're just not like very helpful. 
that's true. They kind of just like let you just. They're, they're not like, throwing. They're, they're like, not throwing the. Your li- head. They're not throwing the life raft at you. Watch your head. And you're like, hey, if I get up there, what run do you like? You're like, well, watch your head. <laughs> um, number That's two for me is uh, children at school for snow, like snow skateboarding. Wow. When they cut in front of you. Yeah, that's a tough And you're scene. like, whoa, you have to like right. fall and try to get out of the way. I may just have no clue what they're doing. I mean, you never you never get that mad because you're like, dude, it's a kid. Like, I probably cut off like so many. Four, it's like four years old. Right. But at the same time, you're like, Jesus Christ, I almost like field goal kicked this kid right. <laughs> across, across this <laughs> Into mountain. Into oblivion. And then also, uh, number one for me is driving um, to and from the mountain. Wow. Yeah, you hate that. I hate driving in mountains. I get, I always feel sick. Sure. They're scary. They're never big enough. And the worst is the, is the putting on chains. Oh, I've never done that. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pray, awful. Pray for you. It's, it is the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I hear it's not, not fun at all. It's like a 30-minute, like, I mean, it's only because we don't do it very often. I don't right. know what I'm doing. I recently had to do it. For Katie's birthday, a couple of years back, we went up to Big Bear. Oh my god, dude! It was just outrageous. Like holding up this thing and like a chain and figuring out like, okay, where's the front? How do we lay this thing down? You have to. And like, it's cold out. Pull back. Luckily, we put them on in the garage. Thank God, because like we put them on in the garage at the Airbnb when we were leaving. Oh, when you were leaving, right? But taking those taking those bitches off. Mm-mm. Oh my god! Then it's like. It's like 35 degrees. It's windy. Mm-hmm. And you have to go out there. You can't have any gloves on because you need to like. You need to get in there. You need to get in there. Exactly. Right. Terrible. Do not recommend it. It's one of the worst things. But you can't drive on them without like this ice or snow. Right. Anyways, we're getting really sidetracked here. My three here. I love your list, buddy. No no complaints at all. I just, I don't have a single repeat. There's not That's be a, great. That's amazing. I thought we for, for sure have um, a repeat here. But in my third Give me the icy conditions on the mountain when I'm snowing, yeah, when I'm tough. snowboarding and skiing. That was what I thought for me as it well. It makes it not enjoyable anymore. At it all. takes all the joy out of the skiing and snowboarding. And like when you fall, like hurts. God, it hurts so bad. And it just like, I don't know. It doesn't even feel like I'm just fighting for my life at right. that point. I feel like maybe three might be a little bit too low here, but for that one, but two is going to be the clothes. Okay. I just don't like how like the long johns and then the long socks and, and then, then your the double pair of long johns. Dude, and it's like, I'm like, it's so uncomfortable and they're never like that soft. I don't care to like, uh, like I never invested any of my own. Like I'm not going up to the mountain. So for me, the clothes are just wildly uncomfortable. Everything's extremely expensive. Right. And like I'm just never comfortable like in that tor- like type of and then you're like weirdly like cold, but you're sweating. Like it's the whole like clothes it's not thing. Fun. No, right. it's 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 a big struggle for me. Um and then number one here, I just got just, you know, bailing and eating shit. Oh, there's yeah. nothing worse than just like clipping an edge and things go flying. It may be funny for other people. Hilarious when other people fall. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing my ass off, but right. it sucks to be in the driver's seat of that. Oh, it hurts. It wrecks you. Yeah. And you really have to hope that someone's behind you because I mean, I'm a skier, so you got poles, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the skis detach, you know, the helmet goes flying, the goggles go flying and shit is just everywhere on the mountain. And you're, you're like, in the days. Hey, you're, 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 yeah, you're rattled. And then you're having to do this like weird, like shimmy up the mountain. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, to like go get your fucking ski over there. Yeah. And then you have to like put it on and you're like on oh, one other ski and you're like flying down over there to try to get something else. It, it's just a, it's such a big inconvenience. And you look like the biggest asshole when you do it. Yeah. I've uh, hit like I, the last time I went snowboarding so many years ago, it was icy conditions. I slipped. Hit, hit my like chest or rib region really hard, knocked the wind out of me for the first time ever. Oh, like truly knocked the wind out of me. Not like a oh I got the wind knocked out of me. I mean like gasping for air, right. knocked out of me. <laughs> and um, this poor kid, like it was like I don't know, 15, 14. I was probably like you know twenty two. Sure. And um, he probably looked to me like an old man at that point. <laughs> And I uh, was like, you know, are you okay? And all I got was like, you know, like, <laughs> like I can't breathe. Yeah. And uh, the kid like just did like got up and left. 
I can't help this man. I just wanted to hear a yeah, he's okay, and I did my good thing for the day. Right. And I, I didn't say. I just kind of gave him a thumbs up. Right. I, was, I was like gasping for air. It's too funny, dude. Awesome, buddy. Another banger of a podcast. Um, you got anything for the people here? Yeah, you know what? Um, I, it was terrible last week. I didn't give a shout out, and like I had like a little bit of a like a shock moment after, and I can't believe I didn't do it. But shout out to Connor Witt. My brother just shot an 85 at Talega that past, Whoa, week, that past weekend. Playing from the blues, playing legit, did not take any like drops or whatever, dude. Shot That's a pretty fire. An 85 at Talega. Wow, that boy, Connor. And I, and he was, he turned to me after the round. Because we were always saying this as well. Like, dude, why aren't you in, why, like, you should be in a golf. Like, why are you not in the golf? Mm-hmm. And like, it clicked. For him, he's like, dude, this is fun. Like, it's fun when I'm like hitting the ball clean, ball and turf, like sticking it to 25 feet. Like, right, having fun. He's like, dude, if I could just drive the golf ball, like I, I would be like really good. Yeah, and yeah. He's his, he already has touch in his putting. Like he's, he's ar- he naturally picks things up pretty quickly. It he wouldn't does. take him very much. He he does. So shout out to Khan because he was on. You know, he was just up in the clouds, dude. He was really, really on. Um, hitting his peak, hitting his stride. So I wanted to give him a little shout out and tell you about it. But yeah, shot a little awesome. 85 at Talega, but that's what I got for the people. Awesome. Like, comment, subscribe. Shout out to Madison and Devin. Um, you know, just a reminder, keep swinging.